to the truth in this art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I'm excited to be in conversation with my next guest, two filmmakers behind the film Decisions 2. One is a returning guest, a poet, performer, and professor. They're the film's director. Please welcome Unique Robinson. Next up, we have the film star, producer, and writer. Please welcome Devin Robinson. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having us. For so yeah, thank you, thank you both for um for making the time. And actually, you know, it's it's good. Like I want to definitely, you know, focus and highlight, you know, more like film projects coming out of Baltimore to have that sort of Baltimore lens on it. So I'm really, really happy to have have this conversation like come together. And um, you know, I want to start off with the sort of introductory um point. You know, and, and this might be more focused around like Dev, but, um, you know, to open things up, give it give you, you know, a little bit of that background. I want to give you the space to like share your background and some of your like early creative interests, whether it be film, whether it be writing. The floor is yours in that regard. OK, um, you want me to go? Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I never <clears throat> writing writing scripts and films and stuff was never even like something that I was originally going to do. I was writing poetry initially when I was a teenager. And then um, when I got older, probably like early 20s, I started, uh, you know, putting a beat behind the poems. And then that turned to rapping. And, um, you know, further down the line, I was just like, I just had a vision one day and just was like, you know, uh, I, I'm a realtor and I learned a lot of information through being a realtor. And um, I wanted to put that information in a way that was entertainment, entertaining and, and drama filled to try to match the information in a way that's like, you know, where people receive it in a way that's not boring. And um, that's that's actually how I even started writing films because I wanted to do that and then when I got a good reaction from decisions one that's when I was like hey that's not it's not too hard to do so this so this is like we're and we're going to talk about decisions two in a little bit so just early on it's like you know like filmmaking any like energy and any interest around that just that really wasn't like where you were going that you were starting off with writing and you wanted to tell a more interesting way of like you know telling stories i suppose exactly how, how it happened and i basically uh you know once i wrote that first script i guess short films with like music videos and stuff because some of the music videos i was in it's like short movies some of them and, um it just stretched itself out. And then I just, you know, just started just keep writing scripts. So unique. Did, did you have any like, like early, like, like film oriented stuff? Because like, I, I see that there's multiple, it seems like, like every like year or every six months, you're adding another creative superlative to your, your background. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I, I'm a, I'm a whole artist for real. Like, I know just like Dave, like my start is in poetry, you know, and then that branched out to music and rapping later on. And then, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I shot like, you know, a f my first music video and I really was into that. But um, I've been doing theater, you know, pretty much since like college. So like undergrad. So 
you know, I think to me, theater and film are kind of like two sides of the same coin. But I, I, I had a lot of like learning as an an actor and as a poet on stage, you know what I mean? Being directed by directors and various plays. And, you know, when I was in college, like I said, and then also when I was in grad school and then after grad school, just continuing to perform and do shows um, with like poetry collectives and everything. So like the, you know, the connection to the stage and to the camera and being, you know, in front of the camera has always been really strong for me. Um, so yeah, I hadn't really, directed anything myself um until i started working with young people um so teaching like I, I had to teach graphic design and you know media at a couple of organizations i worked with and that also you know kind of sparked me to be like you know what this ain't that hard like how many different ways is Deb was saying can we like tell stories right and like you know amplifying youth voice um and just you know assisting them in creating projects like you know uh, you know I, I i shot like a whole news segment right with like fourth graders and what they wanted to talk about what was newsworthy you know and putting all of those things together um i did the same thing with like afro charities last year um where they wanted to talk about youth and relationships and then putting that video together they wanted to have this film at the end of it so i've learned how to do some video editing i learned how to do those things um and you know put things together premiere pro all of that so this was just kind of like you know, a divine timing of expansion of that. Like Devin, you know, just knows me like as a poet, as an artist that's out here doing a lot of that work and, you know, being a professor, kind of putting all those things together and, you know, this being another expansion of that, you know, of that interest. So yeah, we multifaceted over here. <laughs> that's great. It's, it's so many like other things that, that folks do and it's just like, you, you can't be held to just one thing when, when something maybe doesn't work or what have you from a timing perspective, like I would imagine, and I've been a part of different productions, what have you, like, you know, you might be filming something that's, that's coming out that's set in the like winter and you're like filming it, you know, dealing with weather, dealing with, you know, at a point people were dealing with COVID and so on to different degrees. So when you're able to kind of have that flexibility to do like your own thing and work in multiple areas, it's like, oh, let me lean back in on sort of this multifaceted nature I have. I'm able to maybe write and maybe tighten this part up here or maybe just being able to be agile, I suppose. That's the main thing I'm taking, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So sure. So I want to throw this in there and sort of the introductory piece, because, you know, I, I don't want to skip too far ahead. Um, so was was is there like and I'll say maybe from my perspective, um, when I was coming out and trying to do this, I think do this podcast, I think that there was a few ideas, you know, other podcasts, other like forms of um, interviews that really caught my eye. And I was like, I want to make my version of that. I want to take from that and maybe improve this area of it, or maybe take this piece of it. When it comes to like the filmmaking, whether it be writing, whether it be directing, is there something like from a project that's that, that comes to mind? Like, you know, I really like that movie. I wouldn't have did that, but I would have added this. Is there something that comes to mind maybe for you, Dev? Yeah. So is a, there's a couple small pieces in the movie where, I got the idea, like the seed of the idea came from a different, like Minister Society. It's like, there's a couple parts in, in there where the concept of the conversation came from that, or maybe like Boys in the Hood. Because I like pretending like me and my brother John, the, the Singleton brother sometimes, 
So it's like a, a lot of the stuff that they was doing was creative. And um, I, I get a lot of ideas from other movies and stuff. Besides them two, it's just like all of that plus conversations I've heard plus environments and different things that I've seen plus things that people told me it all shaped how I wrote decisions. Mm. It, it all it all contributes to it in some way, shape, or form. Like not that not to get too far out there, but like I'm writing a, another movie that's just not even like an urban type of movie, and um, you know, I got the seed of the idea from like this. I seen this movie when I was like seven. I'm not going to say the name of it, but I seen it when I was like seven, and it was just like some. It's like a Caucasian movie. And it's people will not even un- know where I got the idea from. But it's like, you know, I feel like as an artist, inspiration comes, most of inspiration comes, or at least a piece of inspiration of what you're doing comes from something that you already heard, that you've seen, that you experienced. It might not be exactly like it, but it comes from somewhere. At least a bit or a bit or a piece of it. I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. So in going going back, I definitely let's 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 start talking about decisions too. And I guess we have to by proxy talk about the first movie. <laughs> so like like in, in coming with that, what was sort of the response to the first movie and then sort of what like led to the creation? And like, you know, working with your cousin, actually, <laughs> for, for like the second movie. How did that come about? So working with Unique, that's just God's timing. That, that's God's timing, uh, working with Cuz. Decisions uh, uh, one, it led to, so we, we had a great, we had two premieres in the theater for Decisions one, two premieres. And, um, you know, in the theaters, it was great, great reaction. You know, it's... When you write a script, it's kind of like you gotta you gotta predict the crowd's reaction while you write. Like I got funny parts in there. It's like when people laugh, like I already knew y'all was gonna laugh at that. Like I knew I knew this part was gonna make y'all kind of get out your seats, or I knew this part was gonna be surprising because I felt like that when I wrote it. Yeah. So it's like you know, majority of the people probably would feel like that. And, and decisions, it was so smooth and it went, it surpassed, both of them surpassed, you know, expectations, but it's just like putting, how does it make me feel as if, if, if I never knew that I even wrote this and I was reading it or I was watching it. So, you know, um, decisions two came about basically because I was like, you know, um, everybody said, oh, you got to do another one, you got to do another one. And I was like, well, he made the right decision in the first one. What is going to happen? And then the challenge of that made me write decisions too. Come on, Kyrie. Uh, I'm I'm gonna let it go over the unique real quick because I gotta carry my daughter into the house real quick. But I'll be back in like two or three minutes. So with it, so like for you, unique coming coming to it, you know, coming from like having you know, sort of the, you touched on it earlier, sort of the theater and sort of this, this multifaceted, this, this sort of multidiscipline background, like 
the decision to collaborate with someone that one you're related to. That's, that's the thing. Like when you're when you're working with someone that you're really close with, what have you related to? Like I've done you know podcasts with my brother, and I'll look at him like, I you didn't prepare, did you? Or <laughs> you have you have a sense of what their work ethic is and all of that stuff, but. Right. You know, talk about like what that experience was working and coming together, what have you, and maybe compare like some of the skills that you've relied on in, in being a director uh, of this film compared to maybe some of the other projects that you've worked on. Like, was it an easier lift? Was it a more challenging lift? What were some of the growing pains? Mm. But yeah, I already knew um, for your first part uh, that working with Deb was going to be great. Like, that's my blood cousin. He's always it's so many of us, right? Like, so our dads are like, you know, two of 10 children, right? It's 10 up. So they all had a bunch of kids too. And we are all of those kids. So, but you know, there's facets of us that, you know, got together and was tighter than others. And I feel like I always have felt very connected to, to them, to Devin, to Desmond, his brother, you know, to their whole clan. Like we, we just grew up together, you know, playing Power Rangers and all that, you know what I'm saying? So it's always been love. So I've always just been following what they've been doing from afar, just with their uh, rap career and just following them as gentlemen, like just growing up and like being MCs, but, all, you know, doing dope ass, uh, you know, videos. My cousin Dez is the videographer for Decisions too. So, you know, he has his own very flourishing video business and photography business. Um, so he would produce a lot of the music videos and they just, you know, I see their vision, I see what they're about and I see that they're really about just like building you know, themselves in these multiple ways. They got a clothing brand, you know what I'm saying? It's just, and it's dope. Like I'm rocking it right now. Like they just got dope stuff, you know? So, you know, you know, me and dad, like one time early last winter, you know, we, we, we reunited and I was just seeing what they were doing. And we, he was just telling me the idea for the script um, for decisions too. Cause I had watched the first one and he was just like, you know, I want you to be the director for this. And I was like, word. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm down. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I had not directed anything yet. Right. Like for anyone else, um, I directed like a couple of my own music videos and a couple of little things here and there. But like I said, like I kind of approach everything, excuse me, with this idea of precision. Right. Like as a writer, I will say the one thing that branches out into everything is this idea of precision and editing and getting something to the right place that you want it. As a performer, I'm always thinking about how to really execute that line or that, you know, what is my body doing while I'm saying this line? Like, so I've already been directing myself pretty much as a performer for like 20 years, yeah. you know, and then from the folks that I learned from, from the productions that I've been in and other directors and other poets and, you know, and actors that I've been around just taking points from what they were saying, right. In classes that I've been in, you know, performance classes and so on and so forth. So I'm like, if I could just pull from all of these spaces and all of these folks and the great advice and insights that they gave me, I'm pretty sure I could be a, a good director for somebody else, right? Like, so that's how I felt about it. And, um, you know, while during the process of making the film and like, you know, rehearsing scenes with the actors, well, let me backtrack. Before we even got to that, we had to audition people, right? Like yeah, me yeah. and Ed sitting there like, you know, and people are coming into audition, who's good for what role, you know what I'm saying? Who shouldn't be in this at all? You know, like all of that. So we had to really talk <laughs> about those things and make, you know, hard decisions. And, you know, I think we um we did good overall with who we uh, wind up going with and the whole, the cast that wound up being formed. 
you know, some of the folks um, continued on from the first movie. And then we had new actors coming in for the second one. So it was, you know, it was it was almost organic, right? Like, I think the script, too, like, Dez, uh, excuse me, Devin wrote the script and just pretty much just everything he told me from his mind, I saw in that script, right? Like, and it was really wild to see that. And then, you know, I come in, I'm a writer. I got this master's in English or whatever the hell they call it. So I'm really precise about language. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that the language in the script was really reflective of what he wanted the vision to be, right? And like, who's saying what and what's the stage directions and all of those things that I was thinking about. Um, And then when you give that to the actors, to the folks that we selected, just being on the scene, you know, sometimes day, sometimes night. Honestly, the surprising thing was that it was a lot more improvisation that went into it than just reading directly from the script. Like most of the actors just wanted to embody what that character needed in that moment. And some of them, you know, haven't been actors before. They're like, oh, this, yo will want to do this in this way, right? And I could see them discussing with each each other, like, oh, you know, we should do it like this. We should do, it was just really dope to just watch that happen. You know what I'm saying? And that process, um, you know, if somebody ain't landing the line the way that, you know, I felt like the line should be landed, I'm like, nah, let's run it back. You know what I mean? And we will all usually be on the same accord about that. But for the most part, it was easy to, to shoot the folks. Like they, they just had it. They, they embodied those characters so easily, um, and and you know, it was it was great. You know, with there was some latenesses here and there, that type of stuff. Yeah. But other than that, like once we got on set, it was it was really good. It just flowed for real, for real. That's that's great. It's it's always it's always interesting when you're working with with multiple people. And I, you know, was part of a few different, you know, casting and filmings and all of that stuff here. And I just remember part of the, the <laughs> I just remember part of um, getting, getting wardrobe for, for the scene that I, I was in and ultimately it got cut. But, you know, we all have diverse backgrounds. And I remember the person talking to me, it's like, drug dealers didn't wear that here. I was like, <laughs> they did? I was like, I'm actually wearing the shoes that I was like, all right, cool. You know better than me. <laughs> I was like, I'm fine, and but it is it is really cool when someone like in, embodies the the thing, and you're able to kind of like it, it cuts out part of the work, you know. I think and like finding the right person, it's like, no, you you are this guy, or there is opportunities maybe to tweak um, within the process, especially with it's like at a certain independent level, you know, as far as the filmmaking goes. And you know, this this is a loose segue to my next question for Devin. Um, the so I, I had this sort of like conversation with a with a peer who told me he's like, look, I'm writing a part for you for this thing, you know, just letting you know. He's like, I'm going to be observing you just to get your rhythms down because this character is definitely going to be you. It's not I'm it's somebody that you're playing. It's like this character is based on you. So in the writing process, like how you know did maybe like writing decisions too may be different from the process for like the first movie. Like, was it something that you learned a bit more of? You're like, all right, maybe I'm going to punch this up. Maybe I'm going to do my process a little bit differently here. What were some of that sort of like things that you've learned from the first movie to the second movie? So, uh, literally what you just said is how the character, uh, named Chomboy came out in decisions too. So, Chomboy in the first one wasn't really like a he wasn't really supposed to even really be a character. I don't think that he's I don't think that he's even in the script for the first one, but you know, he was just like an extra. 
But when I seen him, when I got the reaction from his character in the movie theaters, and when people watch it, it's like a brief part in there. He literally had maybe he had two scenes. And um in both scenes, he had two scenes, and in both scenes, he basically was like, um, had like two lines. And when he got uh, the first scene, it was just like, whatever. Then when they moved where they was doing what they was doing at to over West Baltimore, at the end of that scene, he had something funny that he said. And then that's when, uh, once he said the funny stuff, everybody bust out laughing. So I'm sitting there like, this wasn't even like, this wasn't even something that, you know, that people was even this. He improv that and people liked him and was laughing at him and stuff. So I'm like, you know what? That's something that I can tap into for part two. And me knowing him as a person, he's such a likable guy. Like he's a very likable guy. Yeah. Like it's, it's nothing about him that he does that I don't like. Like even when he get mad at me, because he basically like my brother now. Like I, I knew him way before the movie. Whenever he gets mad at me or something, I don't care because he's so cool. Like, I just don't care. I care that he's mad, but it's just like, you know, when somebody gets mad, sometimes you want to get aggressive back. I don't even want to get aggressive back with the guy because he's not. He's so such a likable person. So I played off of that, and I wrote him as one of the main characters in Decisions 2 because it flowed on and I made their lines kind of like based off of his little parts in Decisions 1. Like, it made it easier because, again, it was another, it was, I think, five, five returning five characters, I think. And I basically kind of just took bits and pieces from their scenes from Decisions 1 and based the script off of what people already had seen, because they already have a story and have a background. So it's like, it's that much easier. And then, like I said, Chomboy is literally him. Like, he's, Gotti is me. Like, it's not me, but how his, his mannerisms, how he talks, uh, some of his emotions is not me, but just him overall, how he talks and like his mannerisms is me. So it's very easy it was very easy to do that. And um, it was very easy for Chomboy as well because that's literally him. And I, The Simpsons 2 was way easier to write because it already had the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, I just based the two, like even some of the characters already had who they were already. And I didn't really have to do too much with those guys. That's good. That's good. So I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, like, so we we doing, like, Decisions 3? You know, we're going to have, like, a cinematic universe? What we got going on here? <laughs> it's trying to bully me. The cast is trying to bully me into doing it. Like, they're, they're bullying me. Some of the, some of the crowd members from the premiere uh, definitely got it. I, I have a ticket to you, too. We're doing another premiere in a few few months. Um, definitely, I have a ticket for you. So, but, um, like, they're trying to bully me into doing a part three. And I just, it's like, it's called decisions. Like, bro, 
When is the decision going to be made? <laughs> and it's final. When is it final? It's like indecision. It's like, like right. I don't know. More decisions. <laughs> we was going to call it more decisions at first. Right. Yeah. So, so I got I got two more real questions that I definitely got to ask. So that I have a couple um, rapid fire questions on the back end. Um, this next qu- these next two actually for both of you. So you know we'll start off with unique and then go to Dev. Um, so this first one is um, you know during the whole process of production, like give me a, like an idea of like what that sort of full scope was, and you know any highlights that like come to mind during that that process because there are a lot of things that could happen that. You might remember like, yo, that was really fun or that was really like, wow, I'm surprised we got those shots or what have you from your perspective. And Dev, you may have a different perspective. So, you know, I want to get an idea of the scope and maybe a highlight that comes to mind through the whole process. Michelle, so I think what I really enjoyed most about the film, like I said, from Jump is that it's it's authentically Baltimore, right? So we in a lot of the spots, you know, Dev's from Northeast, you know what I'm saying? So it's Northeast all day you know what i'm saying uh one of the trapping spots is like around the corner from his father house in real life don't nobody know that unless you know you know it was a lot of that right so it's very true to where we are and who we are right um you know when we over Hoffer road you know we at the shopping center back there off Perrin parkway like it was just moments you know that were very much so true to the to the to the movie and to, you know, we, we we be loyal to the parts of the city that we come from. So, you know what I'm saying? And then of course, in Decisions 1, it was over West because, you know, our grandparents, you know, they had a home on 236 North Fulton Avenue and that's where all our peoples was raised at. So we're very loyal to that space as well. So you'll see those things come up in that way. Um, so yeah, like I would say- Not to cut you off, yeah, go ahead. If, you can remember this, if you can remember that thought, the scene where they took over over West was supposed to be right there on the corner. Um, like if you come out of grandma's house and make a right, what street mm. is that? Make a right, make a right. You talking about Penrose? It was supposed to be on Fulton and Penrose, right there on the corner, is is where in my head they was at. But uh Uncle Paul started getting because Uncle Paul is the OG, he the one that was gonna give us the pass. Yeah. And he started getting sick. So when yeah. why I had an OG, I didn't I'm I'm not no chump, but I, I also know that it'd be stuff going on and you don't want to just pull up anywhere right. without checking in, shooting right. a movie. Right. So we definitely was supposed to shoot it right there by Grandma's house over west, but, you wow. know, we couldn't. Wow. Let's see. I ain't even think that. That's wild. <laughs> so, yeah. like, and yeah, so, I mean, I think where they wind up being at, though, it still made sense for the movie, right? And for the vibe of the movie, um, you know, we really didn't get much flat, um, except for a couple of scenes, right? Where people, <laughs> this, <laughs> so the one when, um, I ain't gonna spoil the movie for people, but there's a scene when, um, Gotti's enemies is looking for him and they spot him. Um, I just say, sup, Shamrock Liquors on, um, Bel Air Road. And being in the car for that scene when they, uh, basically was trying to take Gotti out while he was driving, that sh- was wild, yo, like, he yo had a gun like in the car and was shooting on Bel Air Road down the street. So people really thought that was like a real situation. And like <laughs> you see, be like we were skirting off and all that, and people started like moving out the way with their cars. Like it got real crazy. Like they thought it was not really going down. 
Then another they thing. Probably, they probably see me in the car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it got crazy, right? So, I mean, in this Baltimore, you can't really tell the difference between art and life, you know? So, people like, we, it look like something going down. We out, right? And then um, another scene when uh, when Slick, you know, when Ty had a moment at the gas station on, um, on Hoffa Road, and the cops actually got called for that. So, there's a moment in the movie, again, I ain't gonna spoil it, but like cops pull up. Like, it, it looked real authentic. Like, it was crazy. So, I'm like, these are great. This is good. Daz was on on location, yeah. kept all that. <laughs> um, and then the party scene was definitely my favorite as well. Um, that's where I had my cameo in the movie. But it was, uh, you know, clowning one of the boys. He basically he didn't get Gotti, so that was like the he's like the laughing stock in a movie because oh you can't even shoot, bro. You try and get yo and la da da da. So then he takes his aggression out on somebody else at the party. That's all I'll say about that. And but shooting that scene was fun because it was like pretty much most of the cast in that space, and you know we was laughing. It was like really like us hanging out, networking in a real party. You know people doing what they do. You know GMD music is on a uh, TV. You know what I'm saying Dan and Dan's doing that thing. So that was funny. And then of course I laughed way too hard. You know what I'm saying like that was not that funny. It was funny, but I was like <laughs> OG with it. You know <laughs> like. Did you hear them in the theater though when you was laughing that everybody started laughing because you was laughing yes. like that? It worked. It worked well, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah you know, I'm like running up the stairs scared because y'all done pulled out a gun at the party. It got crazy. So all of that to say, like, it just felt very, it was fun, but it was also like, wow, like there's some real stuff going down. Like somebody just got shot at the party. Like what are we going to do? Right? <laughs> like, so, and that stuff happens in the city, right? Like over stupid stuff, you know? So that we wanted to show what that is. And, you know, it's the company you keep. That's what happened, you know? So, so yeah, I would say those are my highlights. Deb, is there a highlight or two that come to mind for you? Yeah, basically what she was saying, and um, the chime off of you, I actually was in a club where they were shooting in the damn club. That's where I got the idea from. Shit's retarded. But, um, <laughs> it's retarded. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, basically, the scene, like she said, it was super authentic, man. Um, it was the scene at the gas station with Ty and Slick. Uh, the police was actually called. They came out there. My brother being the jinx, me being a black man and conscious, I was like, yo, let's, let's get ready to wrap this up. We can just move to another spot. He like, no, yo, shut up. Basically, he told me, shut up. I'm getting all of this. I'm getting all of this. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to shut up. And then he, he really he really got all of it, bro. Like it, it looks so amazing because it's, it's not even, it's real. And we had another scene. Uh, I don't want to dig into it because it's going to get a movie away, but it's like the biggest twist of the whole movie. And um, the the guys had the guns pulled on each other and was like talking with the guns through each other. And then we had to stop shooting because the police actually came. Like, why, why would we be pointing guns at each other with a camera right there? Right. Right. Like actual guns. And you remember when we was over by the casino? Yeah, South Baltimore. Somebody, somebody snitched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They really came out there. <laughs> yeah. And then I liked another scene. Um, it's also this was the least, this was the most natural. I feel like the most natural scene was um again, I don't want to give too much of it away, but one of the characters was coming home from jail. And um, 
they had a a coming home party for him. We was actually at South Maryland Lounge in Essex, and um, it was a bunch of randoms that just came out to have a good time and be extra. It was a bunch of randoms, and um, it really looked like a coming home party. Like that, everybody was drinking, chilling, smoking. Everybody was having fun, and um, it was really like a coming home party. And and I didn't even have to die. I did very little acting and very little co-directing with that whole thing because it was just like natural. We was in the club anyway, so that that was like one of the one of my favorite parts. I I, I love all of it though. Um, but the the most parts that stick out is the same as unique, like the authentic, the all all of authentic, all you got authenticity. Is that a word? authenticity but you got it authenticity there it is um the authenticity behind it that's that's my that's my favorite part because people wouldn't know that this is actually we really was you know the whole decisions franchise is literally in baltimore with baltimore people they talk like they from baltimore it got the it looks like it's in baltimore you can see random people around because we was really right there and I, and, I think, and I think that that leads me actually to the next question, but I want to have this one comment before I go into it. It is it almost lends itself to giving you that, at least giving me as a person that watches stuff. And I'm looking for the scenes like, all right, where did you shoot that at? I'm looking like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there before I do that. Whenever, whenever I do the um, I was doing this uh this this uh screening series called Shot in Baltimore uh last year. And I, I just remember I, I would try to do that that game with people. I'm like, yo, if you can name the three pace places in Baltimore, this was filmed. <laughs> There's a prize in it for you. <laughs> that's that's the game you got to play. And you know, especially if it's if it's one of those things where you can see how much that place has changed from when maybe right. it was filmed to now. It's like, oh yeah, that's super gentrified, or they have not changed anything like that in 30 years. And it's, oh. it's very interesting to kind of like see different places within the city because there is it's, it's kind of rare, right? Where I think we have different scales. We have more and more, I think, independent films happening here, which is great. That means there's a lot of attention, independent, but also saying like, not only is it filmed here, but we're claiming it's here as well. Where yes. a lot of stuff that's filmed here was else. And I and that's I think that's the thing going with the authenticity that works just just so well. So it brings me to this, this last question. I definitely want your both of your insights on this. Um, you know, I'm for more and more stuff coming out of Baltimore, like thematically for Baltimore, about Baltimore, all of that stuff and broadening that to include all types of genres. Um, what advice would you give for someone who is a budding filmmaker who, you know, wants to direct, who wants to write, who wants to act that that's from here that might feel like, man, I can't do this or I don't have the money or I don't have the whatever um, to make this happen. What advice would you give for someone who's wanting to get into filmmaking and doing stuff for Baltimore that's kind of about Baltimore? One thing I can say on that, uh, <laughs> I think the easiest way I can start off by saying this is this. Nobody can tell our story better than we can, right? And nobody can do it how we do it. You know what I'm saying? Be people from Baltimore, we know what it is, right? I'm seeing a lot of movies come out with these big Hollywood actors and they can't even do the damn Baltimore accent right. Like, it blows me, yo. I'm like, y'all couldn't have found nobody here, you know what I'm saying? It really, common, common? 
Yo, just sounded like he was from Chicago. And I'm still mad about that movie, Love. I'm sorry. That's, that blew me up. Earning like, <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all really, like, stop that. The same thing with, uh, you know, the movie they did based on the 12 O'Clock Boys. I'm just like, yo, what are y'all doing for real? Like, so we deserve to tell our stories. You know what I'm saying? And, like, we deserve to put us on in that way. You know, if we want to get some people collaborating with some big Hollywood folks to get that Hollywood money, I'm down with that. But we deserve to do that. Um, it's yeah. our time, you know. So that's my thought on that. And I feel like that, you know, wherever you are, whatever kind of artist you are, if you want to branch out, you have the right and the liberty to do that. Can't nobody tell you that you can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we are multifaceted people and we deserve to show every one of our talents and also to grow those and expand those in whatever way we see fit because it's our time and it's a renaissance. So, yeah. that That's great. That definitely got a chime in all that. I felt like Charm City Kings. That's what you're describing. <laughs> I felt like it was a Philadelphia movie. I was like, so Meek Mill's the best dirt bike rider dude here? Right, right, and right. You know, as, as a person, there's only like one or two words that I say that feel real Baltimore. People accuse me listening to this podcast. It's like, oh, you're from New York. So you feel like Philly. I was like, I'm from East Baltimore for Lafayette Project. What are you saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, right. You got it though too. Like I hear yours. Like it's, I got it. I lived. I lived all over the place, and I came back home. My accent came back like one hundred fifteen percent. Like it never left, but it came back deeper. I'll just put it that way, you know. So yeah. So so Dev, you got anything um that um, in terms of like advice from from your perspective for someone who wants to, you know, make films here, wants to get involved in the writing process, acting process, what have you, but making films in Baltimore and about Baltimore per se. So the time off of what Unique was saying, um, definitely we need to put more out, uh, more quality as well, because um, I'll be seeing a lot of, I think a lot of what the problem is, is people here, they want to use people that have clout. It's not about the art anymore. Mm. It's about clout. It's about, you know, who who's who. Um I, I've had some, I had marketers come to me and, um, you know, was saying that I should put this person and that person, you know, that's popular in the movies to help promote it. And I'm just like, it's about the art because at the end of the day, the art is going to be there. There's, there's nothing nobody can say about none of Picasso's painting because it's art. It's not like, you know, he said, oh, I'm a copy. This was going on. I'm a, use this person's image because this is what's going on is is art or is not and um art doesn't have nobody to be able to say what's good and what's not but you gotta have quality actors and actresses um some of these people that i've seen in the movies here they don't even look like like they don't even look like they're supposed to be acting like they don't look i feel like every person not just because i was part of the audition but we actually held auditions and we didn't pick people off of nothing personal. We picked people off of the art and who would fit best for that person and that character. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have that, we wasn't just putting anybody anywhere. You know, right. we, we had to do auditions twice because yeah, cool. it was just like, we're not settling for this. If, if it take a little bit longer, let it take longer. But we're not settling for just what we have because that diminishes from the art. Mm-hmm. So... You know, my one thing is make sure you get good actors and actresses. Make sure your script um, is not everywhere. Make sure that it has a beginning, 
it has a climax, and then it has the middle, and then it has a climax, and then it has the end. If it doesn't have climaxes and it doesn't have like the basic beginning, middle, and end, nobody's gonna care because it's just like it's not gonna flow. So make sure that you got the the climaxes that keep people emotions up and down, and um, make sure you have everything in order because when you bring people to the auditions, uh, you know you you have a couple weeks to select people, but you want to have everything in order when you come to them. That was another reason, you know, unique simplified what I already had that much more to make it that much smoother. I don't think you unique know how big that the little details that you did around the edges, it made it uh, that much easier. You know what I'm saying? For everybody else to receive the scheduling, that's huge for the photographer, the directors, the producer, and the actors and actresses to be on the same page way ahead of time. So, mm-hmm. you know, even though things came up, you couldn't make it sometimes. Uh, you know, we had to reschedule a couple times, but everything was right there in black and white for everybody, and it flowed. So it's mm-hmm. huge planning, scheduling, and be about the art. Don't just do anything because it's it's not going to... We already got a bad reputation, so you don't want to just do anything. And make mm. sure you're working with artists, the cameraman, an artist, the director is an artist. The main character is an artist. Producers is an artist. And they could be any type of artist. They could be uh or organizing artists. They don't gotta be a a rapper or a singer or they could just be an artist with organizing things. You just have to have artists a part of art and not just a bunch of people that just saying that they want to do something. That's that's great. It makes a lot of sense. So with that, I think it's time for us to get to these these rapid fire questions. This is the sort of um, the the, the wrap up portion of these final moments. So I got three rapid fire questions and uh, you you know how this works, right? You did the rapid fire before. so you don't want to overthink them. I, I always got to get that preface. You don't want to overthink them. It's just like, you know, what I said is what I said. All right. So here's the first one. What was like the last good film or web series that you saw? Like, what was the last like good thing? You're like, all right, this is good. I'm going to watch this couple seasons. I'm going to get through this. It could be something on HBO Max. It could be something that's just on a website, uh, something that I don't know. But just what's a, the last great media series? that you've watched? Hands down, Snowfall. That's it. Okay. Snowfall just, it's, it's fresh because it just ended and it's like in my brain and I, my, my brain is forever like, I'm forever different because of that show is how I feel. Like that show was life-changing. Okay. And I don't know what show can do what that show did in those six seasons, right? Like I was watching Snowfall alongside BMF, alongside Ghosts and all of that. And I'm just in alongside Wu-Tang. I'm looking at all of them at the same time. And I'm like, Snowfall is like landslides better than all of them. Like it made Ghosts look like Young and the Restless for real. Like I was just like... <laughs> And I love that show. Don't get me wrong, for real. But like the acting, the story, the message, the the all of it, like, was just crazy. And of course, because it was about, you know, the 80s and the crack epidemic and the way that they told it was just. And of course, it was a John Singleton direction. So Snowfall is incredible. I'm I'm sad. I don't I don't know how, how to uh, how to how to go on now that it's gone. 
Dev, is there one that comes to mind for you? Uh, I'm gonna say BMF. Yeah. I'm gonna say BMF because um I don't really be having time to watch web series or like series because it's irritating to me. They told me to make decisions a series, but I'm like it's irritating because it's just like you gotta wait. But BMF was so good that I actually was waiting. Like, all right, I'm not waiting until this airs. I'm not waiting until this airs on Saturday. I'm staying at Friday at eight o'clock and I'm watching this shit. Hey, <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm gonna say BMF. Okay, yeah, BMF was lit. I ain't gonna hold you. It was definitely lit. Yeah. I'm so, gonna tap into Snowfall though. Yeah, you got to. So, so, th- so this is this is the last one. I definitely like to get a insight on this because uh you know we 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 all work pretty hard we're all doing multiple things you know like got a thousand hours you're working on i got 1700 podcasts that i'm working on you know how it goes and sometimes it's just like yo i need something that hits i need something that's quick so you know sometimes it might be takeout sometimes it might be like look i got this and you know i got this ramen i'm gonna make what is that you've been working long hours working hard hours what is that meal that you're having, whether it's something that you're making, something that you're getting from a local spot, what is your go-to like late night, I need to eat something sort of meal? Doesn't have to be healthy. I'm talking about just have to hit. Yo, real talk, <laughs> lately, um, all right, it's all spots. It depends on my mood. So I love to cook, but I don't like to cook. So I haven't cooked in a very long time. I just want some takeout. I don't know what happened. I got a full-time job and just started ordering takeout like bougie people. So <laughs> so I love um, Jimmy Seafood and Angie Seafood has a delicious crab imperial. Crab imperial is like one of my favorite things on earth. As a kid, that was like a luxury dinner. So like I like to have it whenever I feel like it now. Um, so that to Judy's um, Jamaican spot. Got some of the best uh, Jamaican jerk smoked grilled wings I ever had in my life, specifically the one in Canton, because I know they're going to have wings everywhere you go. They may or may not have them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shout outs to Culture on Pennsylvania Avenue. Got the fire jerk chicken as well and the fire curry chicken. Um, they've been there forever. Uh, yeah. and, oh, and what, What's the spot you just said? Uh, Culture on Pennsylvania Avenue down by uh, Pennsylvania Franklin. Okay, by Martin Luther King right there. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. They like they fire. Yes, and they and they they still got like 1998 prices. Like it's amazing. I'm like, how y'all do this? So like, <laughs> I ain't gonna spoil it. Um, yeah, I love Thai food as well. Shout outs to Thai Street and Fells Point. The drunken noodle be on point. Mm-hmm. Shout outs to Ekabin. You know what I'm saying for the uh for the fish bowl. You know, all right, I'm done. I'm I'm gonna just keep shouting out mad restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there one that comes to mind for you, Dove? Man, I'll be all over the place. Whatever I can see. If I'm dipping from I'm dipping from a show or or something, like I I would love a Chinese spot, a dirty Chinese spot. A dirty Chinese spot. I don't want the the clean spot don't taste like the like you know, like them nights, them Friday nights yeah. <laughs> coming from grandma's house. You know what I'm saying? Parents don't feel like cooking. They drunk. They was drinking out on the block with everybody. <laughs> and they stopping by the, the dirty Chinese spot. I seen my father get so mad because a roach ran across it. But this nigga still, he said, man, what the hell? This is disgusting. He left. And then 
But my mother went took us back there the next week and I still got it. And I still <laughs> ate it. And it was still good. <laughs> and I'm fucked up. I, I messed up for that, but that that would be my preference on some late night late night stuff. That's my preference. I'm sorry. No, that's 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 great. Uh dirty county spot. The joint up here on um Monument Street, Monument and Patterson Park Ave, they got fire as uh fried chicken, yo, like and they cash only, so you know it's real. Like <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had this this one dude um in a in a previous job, he was like a doctor or what have you. Me and him would, you know, kind of trade notes and whatever. I was doing a research project. And I remember he would come over there. He's like, yeah, I just came from the gym. I did some boxing, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yo, you trying to eat nasty today? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> and it was just like, this is like the fattest nonsense. I was like, you're a doctor. This is irresponsible for you. I'm just a commoner. <laughs> I'm just enjoying myself. <laughs> hey, did you go to eat nasty today? That's literally what he was like. Yo, my wife is out of town, so I'm eating nasty today. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, am I your wingman for like bad food? Is this what we're doing? <laughs> so so in these, these final moments um i want to one thank both of you coming on and you know continued success and it, it's great to hear that this project came together the way that it did and you know more you know more blessings both your way and um also i want to ask you to i want to invite you both to share um your social media website all of that good stuff let the folks know where they can check you out check out the film all of that good stuff the floor is yours all right. Um, so I'm out, I'm out here, Unique Robinson. I'm only on Instagram. You will not find me on TikTok. You will not find me on Twitter. Just go to my Instagram, unique dot the word. Unique like the word, U-N-I-Q-U-E dot the word. Um, I also have my Baker Artist portfolio up where you can check out some of my poetry. I'm on YouTube at youtube.com slash kleptomaniac, K-L-E-F-T-A. M-A-N-I-A-K. I got music videos on there, a couple of other things, po poetry performances and such. Um, and yeah, that's where you can find me at. So you can find me. I'm on everything, but I'm not on everything. I don't be on Twitter like that, but you can follow me on there and Instagram is all the same. Um, and you can tap the link in my bio. I'm also a mu musical artist. So when you tap the link in my bio, you'll get access to Decisions 1. Um, you'll also get access to all of my music and clothing line for GMD and everything. So it's underscore the letter I, the letter M, D-E-V. I'm Dev, not I am. The letter I, M, D-E-V. Uh, underscore the letter I, M, D-E-V. And that's my social media on Twitter and Instagram. And then... Um, Facebook, I'm GMD Dev. Global Mind Demeanor is GMD Dev on Facebook. And again, you'll be able to access everything that we have going on. And then um, you can also follow the decisions, the film page on Instagram. There you'll have access to any future projects that I'm writing. Um, it also reposts unique stuff on that page. And that's the way you can keep up with auditions and keep up for the second premiere for Decisions 2. And that's Decisions, the film on Instagram. And um, all you got to do is tap the link in all of the bios and everything will lead you right to what you're looking for. It leads you to my YouTube and everything. But if you're on YouTube, you can search up Global Modern Demeanor and 
that's where you'll access decisions to film and um all the GMD music. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you both for coming on. Um, I want to again thank uh, Dev Unique for coming on to the podcast. And uh, I'm Rob Lee. Decisions to decisions to decisions, decisions, decisions. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, filmmaking in and around Baltimore. You've just got to look for it. Oh,